Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, good afternoon to you. It is the 1st of October. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business, markets, startups. I'm Nadine Blaney, here with Andrew Gagan. Uh, Not a great way to start a new month, I would have thought, really. Although... The, the whole week's been like this, hasn't it? Really? Well, I'm no, sort of because yesterday. No, no, I know. It, it, so yeah. that was that has been proved to be a classic dead cat bounce. But I guess it's the volatility that I'm talking the about, volatility. and that comes with September, October. So why why are we surprised? Well, you know what, Cara. In fact, I'm talking to a couple of people today, and they said I don't know where to look at the moment. There is just yeah. so much happening, and I think that's what's perhaps uh, baffling investors at the moment. I've banned that W-O-W saying, at least from around me, because it's been so overused this week. But I was on air just before 1 p.m. and we had the infrastructure bill being delayed, any vote on that in the United States, which has been an ongoing concern. Debt ceiling continues to be a concern. Then we had Gladys Berejiklian. and Now, I'm not saying that had any market impact, but it was just really indicative of the fact that no matter where you look, particularly in this COVID environment, as we continue to talk about inflation and bond yields and everything else, it is true. Seems to be that no matter where you look, there's something that could cause some consternation. Yeah, that was that's certainly a surprise um, for New South Wales, you know, with the, the Premier being forced to stand down but yeah obviously what's going on in the states it's brinkmanship but you know we were talking about this a month or two back saying oh they'll resolve it they always do but now there's actually talk that maybe they won't that the republicans are so hard line on this they will let the states default what are the implications of that yeah i I mean i still don't think they will most of the people (laughs) i'm speaking to say they will not not allow themselves to default but i think that a partial government shutdown Mm. isn't out of order at all Look, whatever we've been contending with, throw energy, crunches, crisis, however you want to name it, on top of that, right around the Asian region today we saw selling. But as of now, you know, it's just Japan and Australia that are suffering to this extent. So the S&P ASX 200 finishing the day at 7,186 down a solid 2%. That takes week to date, which is interesting. Losses to 2.14%. Mm. So we had made up most of that lost ground on Wednesday before today came along. So, yeah, October so far, you know, you've been a bit disappointing. Well, okay, I'm going to look at the optimistic side then. Go. What was green today? Uh, travel stocks and gold. Perhaps the gold, you know, the hedge coming into play yeah. here. Travel stocks. Now, of course, we the Prime Minister actually came out with some more solid advice as to what's going to happen with the reopening of the borders is a concern. And that's obviously boosted some of those stocks in particular, the likes of Qantas. Yeah, I got a lot of people um, sending messages and stuff saying, oh, what are you doing? Because obviously, you know, vested interest. I've got a lot of family overseas, would love to get overseas. I think it's really great for 
all of us, even if you don't want to travel, that these international borders reopen. Earlier in the week, I spoke with the CEO of Aki, so the Australian Chamber of Industry, and he just said that the international border closures had been the single most destructive uh, economic force in Australia, particularly as well when you think about innovation and talent and all those other things that could be a real lagging effect of the COVID crisis. So let well, me finish this thought, Andrew, yeah. because international borders open, everybody's saying, oh, what are you going to do? Are you going to book a ticket? So what did I do? Took five minutes, went online to see how much, how much money moolah it would cost me to get anywhere how many stocks you have to sell i'd have to yeah liquidate (laughs) liquidate um so that's going to be part of the conversation as well but listen for returning australians fantastic yeah that's the only good news but uh yeah the prospect of you getting home before i get home (laughs) is probably highly likely at your home being wa yeah yeah that's right um yeah so look i mean that that is certainly some some good news there um, and as a result, you know, we've seen those uh, those stocks uh, move higher. So, look, positives, but still no, uh, just as far as the national plan is concerned, we're still waiting on the other premiers. Um, I think we were waiting on Queensland, actually, weren't we, to get some more definitive ideas of what they're going to do. Yeah, and also I think that we're so burnt. I mean, this is just a pers- maybe it's personal, but we're also burnt through this COVID crisis. I think it's really difficult for people to to place any faith in some of these announcements when they're made. So, yeah, it sounds wonderful. International borders are going to reopen. And then what are the details? The devil are always in the details. So that's one to play out. And, again, clearly, other than the travel stocks, didn't really improve Mm. overall sentiment out there. But what's your take, Andrew? I mean, in the conversations that you've been having, uh, are there lots of people with some cash looking for opportunity in this volatility? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I think Henry Jennings today was talking about having uh, 25%. I think cash. it's 26%. Oh, yeah. Well, close enough. Let's like, let's call it a quarter, shall we? <laughs> that that is significant. I mean, well done him you for know uh, for playing that. Yeah. That's that's exp- I'm not, you know. Hi Henry, if you're listening, props <laughs> to you, but I mean this is something that he's done before. Correct me if I'm wrong, Henry. But um, you got to know when to have some of that cash available to deploy because there's no point in having a big market sell-off if you got nothing left in the tank. Well, I mean, uh, he, he was one of those guys that was talking about, look, we're due for a correction. So, you know, he's put his money where his mouth is. Yep. So, so that makes sense. But um, uh, I, I, would ima- I don't know whether Henry's doing this, but certainly some are looking to buy gold. That's certainly been mentioned many times today. Uh, particularly where some of those gold miners are, they're seeing it dirt cheap, dare I say. Yeah, well, yeah, but gold has not been reacting to a lot of the negativity and the inflationary talk as many had expected. You spoke with Barry Dawes, didn't you, from Martin Place Securities? Well, you know, Barry's been calling it for a while now, um, saying, you know, this is the beginning of the bull run. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look, look, he's always very bullish as far as gold. That's his business, of course. Um, But he did nominate some stocks, some of those, you know, you got to say some of those Australian miners are really well-run companies, uh, very efficient, and uh, so he's he's putting his money on those. Um, so look, will it turn? I don't know. It's uh, obviously the the inflation hedge, but of course then people start talking about crypto as being an inflation hedge. I don't know. I've just had my head in crypto for the past couple of hours. I'm not going to go there. I don't know if I'll be able to articulate it all properly. But yes, yeah, Silver Lake, Gold Road, Whitehaven Coal to that energy story. All the best performers today, along with Northern Star and Evolution. Worst performers today, Virgin Money, 
Uh, Mineral Resources is on that worst performing list. Hub 24, which was down more than 6.5%, and Domino's Pizza. So that's a bit of a a motley Mm. crew with Virgin Money thrown in there for good measure. Yeah, certainly the big banks took a big hit today. Yeah, they sure did in terms of market weighting. You can't look past the big banks. CSL... As well. So look, um, I'm sure many of you listening at home have your watch lists and your screens in front of you as well. So maybe we'll move on from that. Maybe we'll get to the Future Fund stock series that we're running on the call. Today, my guests, Claude Walker from A Rich Life, Rudy Philippek van Dyke from FN Arena. Let's listen to what they have picked in terms of companies that they think might even be able to fund their child or even grandchildren's education at a later date. I think investors underestimate um, the, the art of uh, making, in, making forecasts further out than, than today, next month, next year, etc. I think one of, one of the ways of doing it is picking a mega trend or a structural trend that is happening in markets. That is a good way, I think, to take a longer term view. My proposition would be IDP education. And that stock is alphabet. And I've I've continued to do that. For me, the most important thing is that I'm I'm putting that away in something that will absolutely 100% be there. And I see Google in a way, a really simplified version as a tax on everything. Okay, so um, Andrew, I guess I'll give it away. We had uh, IDP education um, being chosen and uh, the good old behemoth alphabet. Well, you can't go wrong. In uh, in fact, uh, you know, I've heard that a couple of times this week. That uh, don't write off big tech. Uh, there's plenty of space to move there uh, because it's a long term story. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they go. You know, if you look at those growth stocks, they are going to be affected by uh, rising rates. But uh, you, it's long term. What these companies do, we all use them. Makes sense. Can you imagine a world without Google? And I listened into your chat with Mary Manning from mm. Alfinity today. And uh, to her point, there are some companies that, you know, despite supply chain, despite inflationary risks, etc., um, you know, they're going to do very well. You, you've put that in the weekend newsletter. Yeah, have a look out for believe. that. Um, yeah, some good tips from her. With They're talking about the likes of Google that don't rely on those physical supply chains that will get through. Andrew, it was a big week this week, mostly because of the market volatility. wasn't sort of a blockbuster week for economic data here. Next week, we do have the RBA meeting. I, I'm not a net, but I can't imagine there's going to be too much new coming there. No, in fact, I was just speaking with Shane Oliver from AMP saying, look, you know, a bit of a snooze fest. We know they're not going to do anything. However, their compatriots across the ditch yes. will be. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be so interesting. Well, I think consensus is going to be 25 basis points. Initially, it was thought it was going to be 50, but um, yeah, they'll, they'll edge up. Yeah, And it would be so brave, I think. I mean, they were going to last time, apparently, but it w- in this environment, with this volatility, with all the uncertainties, with the U.S. jobs report on Friday, I don't know, I think it'd be pretty brave to go 50 basis points U.S. jobs next week. Yeah, uh, Friday next week, uh, non-farm payrolls, that'll be fascinating because, uh, you know, just given what we've seen over the past couple of months, of course, there's been some volatility there. But uh, also in the context of what's going on in Washington at the moment and how that all plays out uh, on the markets. I have a feeling, Andrew, I mean, yes, it's a public holiday in some parts of Australia. We will still be here. Markets are still trading on Monday. But yeah, I have a feeling a lot of our conversations will be revolving around 
Fed expectations, tapering, jobs, and the debacle that Washington, D.C. always seems to be these days. But, you know, if you look at our state of politics, eh, is it better? It's it's a fascinating sideshow, but then is it a sideshow? It does actually affect you in the long term, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, It's the weekend, though. Yeah, and look, for those of you who are lucky enough to have a long weekend, fantastic. Enjoy it. Hope you can actually get outside, maybe even have a picnic. Yeah, I don't even know what the weather's doing in Sydney this weekend. Hopefully it'll be good. doesn't look crash hot right now, Storm I've got to say. Oh, yes. Okay. Let's remain optimistic, Andrew. <laughs> you like the markets. <laughs> you have a good weekend. You too, Nadine. See ya.